Hello everybody and welcome to another MWA official podcast. My name is Cruz and today I'm sitting down with one of the most, I guess, loved people in the Minecraft wrestling community. Uh, Ultimate, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for that generous comment. Uh, how are you doing today on this I'm Sunday doing great, evening? Thanks. It's mm-hmm. um it's really interesting to to see you active lately. Obviously, I assume because partly because of the current situation in the world. Oh yeah, I mean that's probably the big main reason why I'm active a lot, yeah. Yeah, and in that way it's like you're almost a true fan of MWA at the moment because you're not really involved in the show at all apart from that Extreme Chaos 5 segment, but you're just there watching the shows and that's that's, a, that's pretty cool. Yeah, for the most part, yeah, that's all I got a chance to do. I mean, I'm on Ascension and all that for the past mm. couple of months, but other than that, yeah, I mean, just a lot of free time with all this that's going on, so luckily I can be more active than I was for the past two years after I retired. So yeah, that's good. So going right back to the start, when and how did you get into Minecraft wrestling? Um, so for me, I think I'm in the same boat as everyone. It was like uh, end of July 2014 when I kind of just got this brainwave of, well, I have a Minecraft account. I might as well see if there's anything wrestling related out there. And so I simply Googled Minecraft WWE servers and I don't I don't think it was the first result mm-hmm. but the second result was just Minecraft Pro Wrestling and uh, took a look looked around was interested in what I saw and decided I don't think right away but I think a few days later I just said hey just chance and put an application see where it goes so back then it was um it was a forum thing with was it an email application? I think I'm not sure. Uh, you on the Weeble site, you just simply fill out this thing, and then I think you get a reply back. I a reply back yeah. a few days later. Yeah, I think that was it. Just saying we're looking at it or accept it, and that that's how it kind of worked pretty much. And MPW at this point is on a one craft. Yeah. Uh. I mean, A1 Craft overall was fine. In the early days, it was fine. Mm. And it was quite big. Uh, but as the years, as the months went on, it was kind of like, I don't know, we would have pretty much benefited really good if we had a server. Because there would be times where, let's say, someone put in all caps, uh, you know, just popping and chanting. Mm. And there'd be someone on the server that'd be, you know, tying them out or something. So that was probably one of the big reasons for getting a server you know i can't imagine doing the kind of crowd reactions we do now on a on a public server oh oh yeah they wouldn't fly at all jeez yeah so yeah i mean that's yeah i mean that's the benefit of like having our server and having lobbies mod for the keybinds and chance and that yeah hmm you make your way into MPW. What kind of things are you doing right at the start of your career? Um, so, obviously, I applied end of July, and my first match was August 
22nd, actually. Uh, and it was, I think it was a, it was a four way with me, Puck, who also came in around this time. And then two other guys, uh, Longman and Spider-Man early days. Uh, Ruck was in the crowd as well at the time. I think he had his debut the week after. Yeah. And that was kind of the start of the Wolfpack for MPW days. And then that kind of just the main few for months on was just us three and maybe like Prince and some other guys against Domination with Boston and all them. That was kind of the main big feud going on up until, you know, Glory Bound 2. Yeah, so that's, from what I've heard about MPW, and, like, it's, I have a weird situation where I wasn't there, but I've, because I've done so many of these podcasts, and I've heard so many stories, um, I, ki- I kind of have a vague idea of what's going on, and, like, the Wolfpack versus Domination feud, to me, seems to be something that was really kind of, like, a cornerstone of MPW, like, a constant that was always kind of going on. Yeah, that's probably pretty accurate, that was just the main thing for us and as well it's kind of funny looking back where we had domination versus the wolf pack and then after glory bound 2 it was kind of a month or two of nothing and then it was the enforcers versus domination and then obviously when mpw came back it was again domination versus the new empire so mpw really had this faction warfare type of feud as their main storyline Whereas I don't, th- I don't think in MXOE there's ever been like a warfare feud, like faction or a faction, I should say, type thing. It was five years, I don't think. It has it has stables, but not like stable versus stable type thing. I know it is. It's definitely been attempted at least twice, but I think both times. Why well, no? It was going to end in a war games match, and it just never happened. Yeah. Um, once one time was the I think. Drix and Insomniac Army versus Puck. Uh, yeah, it was supposed to be like I... Knife Club versus Drix and Insomniac. Yeah, yeah. I think that was supposed to be it, yeah. That just never happened, yeah. And then the other one came, I think, right as you were retiring. That whole Heatwave 2018 situation. And I think mm. part of the reason I... Because I was kind of involved in this script. It was meant to be... I think Ash, Love, and Matty joining together, and they were going to come out at the end of the Universal title match and uh, let Matty win the title from me. But then all of the drama went down. It just got changed to me winning, so I think that's where that kind of stopped. Yeah, I think that was supposed to happen, but, you know, the whole, again, yeah, drama thing stopped that. And I mean, we can get to that later down the line, but, yeah, that stuff happened. So, yeah, I mean, just MPW's main storyline was just faction versus faction yeah but while MXW never really had that or got the chance to Mm. I think for a long time it was a big question mark over MXW like would it still be possible and to be honest like I'm really glad that it's now working out in NGPW the um, kind of basing it all around factions yeah they've taken it's good to have like secondary i know we had like hxw and txw but they were kind of the same thing as mxw Mm. while right now we have ngpw which just takes on that faction thing and just i mean fully new japan pretty much type thing 
it's good to have like that alternative second company on the server that's completely different storyline and different approach towards i mean compared to mwa i know that one thing i remember and i've kind of heard from other people is that you and matt were two of the first guys to be watching new japan and implementing that into your minecraft wrestling style so i'm kind of interested like when did you first start watching new japan um so i think well my first from what i remember new japan match was i think it was kota ibushi versus nakamura at wrestle kingdom i i think that was 2015 16 i can't remember i think it was wrestle around that nine i'm not yeah yeah i remember that being my first but even still i wasn't a big new japan fan it was only when uh it was the omega versus okada match that i I watched live i ended up waking up like 10 minutes before and caught a stream and started watching it and then that after that match i just became a new japan fan fully so that match Mm. that's yeah that's yeah that's when i pretty much started fully looking and watching New Japan from that moment on. So, yeah, I mean, I think that Omega Okada feud really brought in, I think, a lot of people to New Japan. Um, It kind of brought me in, like, I think, like, half a year later. But I did go back and watch them. Yeah, Um, I think that was, yeah, that was kind of like the start of more people slowly, more and more, more people started focus on new japan at least from that point on or for the next six or 12 months on yeah so yeah i think back to minecraft wrestling um i'm kind of i because i'm kind of in the dark here so like what was what do you think were the highlights of your mpw career and well for the first few months were fine it was just the basics or just starting of the wolf pack and domination but the first key moment from my career was my first mpw world title which came at i think the last mayhem of mm-hmm. 2014 because so i turned i turned heel i'm sided with boston but that only lasted a few weeks because it was pretty much a swerve and i turned on boston and won the mpw world championship from him and that rain kind of lasted a month until January at the Rumble. And I mean, after that, the other key highlight would be, I mean, yeah, it would be Glory Bound 2 when well, I had a match with Boston as well as the main event with me, Puck and Rock. And to me, that was like the perfect coming together of this. So, you know, us three guys started together. Mm. And then fast forward six, seven months later, we're main eventing the biggest pay-per-view ever that was the perfect in terms of us we were talking together that was the dream and it luckily it happened yeah i mean i get the kind the same thing kind of happens again at four with you guys all finishing mpw no yeah that was like uh, as well in 2016 uh it was great it was great to get that uh second run with the title uh the first one was like a month and i kind of view that as like getting the belt off boston and getting on to ruck kind of transitional champion so mm. 
the second my second run with the title was really good and long and obviously we had that match at me and Puck at Glory Band 4 which was just perfect probably uh, I guess looking back on it in terms of today's Minecraft wrestling and some of the spots we did in that match it's you know kind of questionable I want like that match wouldn't fly today in yeah. turn, just in, because Minecraft wrestling has changed and evolved so much but at the time it was the perfect combination of everything me uh, Puck, Rock got involved, Boston got involved. It was like perfect closing to MPW. I think when I when I heard about this match a long time ago, I used to think, oh, that's a bit silly. They had the rig collapse. But it was when I was talking mm-hmm. to Puck a few weeks ago that he kind he was talking about how it kind of it really encapsulated MPW as like we can do this, so why not? As opposed to making wrestling realistic, and I think that's what really solved the match for me. Yeah, I mean, in terms of MXW at the time, they were, I mean, still had a few crazy spots, but MPW, since it had, you know, the lava stuff Mm. and all that, we could kind of get, we can get away with that compared to MXW. So we kind of just utilized that. I mean, no one batted an eye at it at all. So it worked for us. And so... at this point, I guess you're the well. The server exists, and uh, we. Uh, uh, at what point did you join MXW as a company? Um. Well, when MPW ended, uh, the first time around in 2015, uh, I was on the server a good bit, but I didn't join straight away. Uh, I think it was sometime around Heatwave. I think Boss messaged me, and he was like. Oh hey, I'm doing this faction with me and Prince, and we're going to be called Team MPW. Do want in? Mm-hmm. And I was a bit inactive in the last month or two, in in 2015 uh, for MPW. So I decided to join the faction to make it up for Boston, and I did a match or two, and then obviously uh, Road to Victory came around, and I fought Caleb for the title. I don't, th- I don't think it was actually originally for the title. I think it was supposed to be non-title. And then I think on the day, uh, they changed it to actually be for the title. And obviously, I ended up uh, luckily winning the belt, but only for a few minutes, thanks to Wilson. But uh, that was my original 2015 run. I think I did a match or two after, but after that, I kind of just left. And obviously, the company kind of, closed down and then eventually came back in 2016 and I didn't join I didn't ask to come back I think it was uh early April uh the rumble was and I was on for the show and I think just before the rumble match I think it was Milky who messaged me and said hey do you want in the match and I was like if there's a spot opened I'll go for it he was like, great, number four is available, you can go. So that's when <laughs> I just read. I mean, that that's kind of how the company was back then, compared to now. Uh, but that's how I re- basically re-debuted at that point, and then mm. obviously it went from there. So from there, what were you up to at Extreme Chaos 1? Uh, so the first Extreme Chaos, um, I was involved in the Universal title match, and... 
that match was changed a good bit. Uh, I think the first plan was for Drix, who was a champion, against me, uh, Josh, and I think was Buzzard first. And then Buzzard left, and so Prince took his spot. And then I think I think it was a week, two weeks, uh, it may have been one week before XE, uh, Prince and Drix fought for the title in a seal cage. Uh, Prince ended up winning. Drix ended up doing the injured storyline, and he came back for the extreme title. Mm. Uh, so then it was just a three-way between me, Prince, and Josh. And I also think I don't think it was announced, but with the I mean, you had Puck on the podcast, but Puck and Boston ended up not having their match at XC. Boston yeah. couldn't make it, and I think for a short time period. Puck was going to be involved in our title match and make it a four-way, but then he ended up uh, not part of showing, so it just remained a three-way mm. with me, Prince Josh, yeah. So that was the first XC, yeah. It's all right show, I mean, triple threat pretty much show, but no, it was good. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the card, you kind of look at it and go, that's a lot of triple threat matches, but... I think hearing a lot of the stories behind it, it definitely wasn't intended to be that way. So. No, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, what was it, Milky versus Saints, the main event, but then it was Milky Toad Matt, and or, or it was supposed to be a four-way, but then that changed into a three-way. So, yeah, it just kind of unfortunately ended up being just a plethora of triple threat matches. Mm. So later on in that year, I believe we're coming up to the brand split. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, that's what we are. Yeah. Um, well, I know when people talk about brand split, it was bad. I don't think it was as bad as people make it out to be. Mm. I mean, obviously the negatives far outweigh the positives, but there were still a few good things. Uh, like, I think. Well, they obviously they split the roster in half, and KO definitely outweighed Unleashed in ter- in terms of established guys. Like I think KO had uh, Puck, Rook, Boston, Matt, Nev, Saints. Yeah, six. Yeah, those six. Mm-hmm. I think in, in terms of established. While on Unleashed, we had me, Josh, and Prince. In terms of just upper mid carters and above we still have like bobby and love and man but they were only just coming in yeah. so in terms of that we were unleashed was handicapped right from the beginning and i mean we were i was okay and fine on the show in terms of the roster because it was like looking at the roster it was like i could be the guy or at least one of the guys in terms mm. of it rather than being on ko with all of the other guys that I mentioned, but uh, I mean, still, there are some other choices other than roster. There are still some other choices that handicapped unleashed. Like, um, for example, obviously, I won the extreme title against Tricks at Heatwave, yeah. And then the week after was the announcement, and then at the draft show, uh, I had to retire the extreme title, which. I know some people think I was upset by it or offended, but I wasn't. Well, half truth, half lie. Uh, the reason was was that you looked at KO and they had the 
MXW title and Universal title, like already established, had title history, prestige, while on Unleashed, we had to make the global title and make the hardcore title. So that added to another, like we were starting like slow from the starting point. So that, I mean, that, that as well as time slots, uh, KO was first and then right after was Unleashed. So the crowd was just oh. tired by the point Unleashed happened. Like, yeah, I mean, it had some positives for at least me. I know it was different for everyone. Everyone has a different perspective. But uh, yeah, it was okay-ish. So at the end of the brand split, coming towards the end of the year, um, it is execution. Uh, I don't think you're global champion anymore. I'm not sure. Uh, I uh, I won the global title at No Surrender, the first Unleashed pay-per-view. Uh, and then, obviously, before the second one, the brand split ended. And then at Lone Survivor, I think I faced Prince and Love for the title and lost it to Love, and Love went on to beat Boston in the main event. Yeah, so going into execution, just lost the global title and nothing really. And so at execution, you're in the casual bankrupt match and you pull down the MXW title case. So mm-hmm. what did that feel like? Uh, that was, uh, I think was the last, All there was four briefcases and I think mm. by the time I got it, the, there was only one left. So it was like one briefcase with like four or five other guys. And I remember looking up at it and breaking it but then it was still there but then it dropped down so it was like you know lag pretty much yeah. and i thought oh maybe i didn't get it but then luckily uh, i think they co-inspected it and uh saw that i got it i think there was confusion with matt getting it and he was kind of upset after that <laughs> funny that i won it but i even when i was there on the stage with four of us i think it was me uh me saints uh, FF, I can't remember what F- FF and I think Taco maybe, right? maybe uh, yeah Taco gets universal yeah. I didn't think I'd get the MXW one I thought may- probably universal so I was really surprised and glad that I they gave me the MXW one and I thought okay we can go somewhere I, I, I didn't know what direction I'd be going in mm. once the brand split ended but that at least gave me hope that I'd have a positive run for the next few months. So going into 2017, um, you have a, you kind of finish off a feud with Saints. Mm-hmm. And then I believe yeah. at, was it Last Stand? I think you tried to cash in. Uh, yeah, so I beat Saints at Last Stand in the ladder match for the briefcase. And then... Uh, obviously, I should preface by saying this. Um, I think at the start of January, um, I got a message from, I don't know if it was Toad or Milky, I think it was Toad, who said, hey, uh, CT, or we at CT think that you should have as much input into when you want to cash in as we do. And so kind of just said, hey, if whenever you want to cash in, you can let us know. So... Mm-hmm. I think on the day of last stand, I was kind of thinking it out in my head of when should I cash in or 
when do I think they're going to make me cash in? And I kind of had a idea in my head that they wouldn't have me cash in at XE or around, or they won't have me even main event XE, which I was fine with. I didn't, that wasn't a goal in my mind. Mm. But I was thinking of the scenario of if I'm still have the briefcase at XE and whoever wins or defends it, people might be chanting for me to cash in, but that, but I would never, but I fully, I believe that I wouldn't have cashed in. And I kind of thought that might detract from whoever won the main events moment as if that it ends with people cashing or spamming yeah. that I should cash in. So on, I think, I think it was during the start of the show, a message towed and said, hey, can I cash in? And I think said he'll see about it. And I think he said yes, but then it was a quick no. And then I think there was some argument between Toad and Milky. And I think Boston also messaged me saying, yeah, you know, don't cash in. You're kind of ruining something or something along those lines. Because mm. uh, I, I, maybe at that point, I think they're planning what eventually happened at Blocked Away in the main event. With nightclub and that i think maybe they were starting to set that up so that was that really i wanted to but uh but it just didn't happen but it was it was fine in the end we're all worked out i guess if you look at the where the mxw title goes in the next few months um obviously last stand is the street three stages of hell uh boston versus rock and then rematch in a buried alive at the rumble and then to locked away with the knife club. So I think, yeah, I, I can, I think, it's quite likely that they were imagining knife club come in and take out Boston for the title. Yeah, so that's probably why they. That's I'd look back and think that's why they didn't allow me. So I was, and looking back, I'm completely fine with it, and it all worked out in the end, really. So yeah, at Extreme Chaos 2, of course, the match is meant to be Drix versus Love in the main event. And I'm not entirely sure, but were you... So if that match had gone on, would you still have been scripted to cash in? Um, I don't... Uh, probably not. I don't think so. Mm. I don't know whether we would have or not. Uh, possibly, but... I'd, probably say i wouldn't have i know we kind of had some talks about it but i don't think we came to a final decision on it at least for mine i might be getting mixed up on that but i don't think we decided i would cash in i was that decision was only because of obviously love couldn't make it and drix needed the opponent so yeah. kind of made sense if i cash in have me versus drix and we go from there at xe so yeah, that really ended up working out for you because you didn't want to take a moment from anyone else. And it was a point where it wouldn't just be a cash-in. You had a whole match with Drix and it was a great match. Oh yeah, it was fantastic looking back on it. So we were very lucky to have that match at XE. I fondly look back on that. It was great, great match. So I'm glad it wasn't like a cash-in type thing and yeah, ruin someone's moment or take it away from them. And that we could have a fully fleshed match. And it ended up doing great. And so there begins your second MXW world title reign at Extreme Chaos. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, uh, I 
came into CT around just before locked away. And yeah. actually, actually, on on that, uh, I think it was mid April, and I think it was some argument between Toad and Milky again, as usual, and that eventually led to the breaking point of just Toad mm. just saying, "I'm giving up my ownership today at this time." And I'll announce it, and eventually it was me. Uh, the weird, I, he never actually, Toad never actually uh, DM'd me and said, "Hey, I'm giving up ownership. Do you want it?" He kind of just said in public chat that Alt's now the owner. He never came forward to me and said, "Do you want it?" Because mm-hmm. if he had done that, I'm a hundred percent positive I would have turned it down and said, "I don't want it." But since he did it publicly and everyone was happy and DMing me about this is great and all that. I kind of said, well, let's just see if this works out and goes well. And that's kind of where the starting point of me and CT. And yeah. So uh, yeah, back to the MXO title win. Um, my goal when I was the briefcase holder was just at least get two months with the belt and have one successful pay-per-view defense that's all i wanted and mm. after that i can lose it to whoever whenever so yeah i d- luckily defended it uh successfully against uh, bobby and tricks at hardcore havoc and then obviously we had that great match that puck mentioned on here at heatwave that was great i look fondly back on that and from there I guess once I lost the title at Heatwave, kind of, I guess, entered that error for me of, I guess, losing, shall we say, that people always mention. I guess when you were put into the CT, um, it kind of puts you in a rough position because you can't, I mean, like, you're holding the case for the world title, so it's not like you can just slink into the into the shadows a little bit. You kind of have to be there and be at the forefront of the roster and then of course you win the world title so what was it like what was it like kind of booking yourself as champion um it was a bit uh, i guess proper word would be weird shall we say just in terms of like not making sure you're over pushed and that people go well, why is he booking himself to be mm. you know this good and that so you're trying to find that balance at least so, I mean, I think we've found that and it worked out fine. And I don't think anyone was upset for that I won it. I think everyone was fine. I think if love and tricks happened and I cashed in, maybe a few people would be unhappy. But I think because I cashed in, had the match with Dricks, it kind of everyone was fully accepted that. And uh, it was all right in the end. I think no, no one is bad, ill will or as bad memories or any, said anything bad about during when I was champion. So I think it was fine. I mean, I guess it really helps to have Milky there just as a a kind of barrier, like a third or a second opinion, so that if you did go too far, he could kind of say, um, like, where the line was. Oh, yeah, he was... It was good. I'm very thankful for Milky for, like... Because, obviously... Being Emmerich Saviona was like my first proper time of like having that finger on the pulse and allowing mm. to book because I didn't get that chance in MPW. If I think I was in CT for the last two weeks of it, 
So this chance with MXW was my first chance, really, of just being allowed to book. And Milky was great during this, especially during the start, just trying to ease me into it and, you know, calm me down because I was nervous about how I would be perceived or how I would book or ruin stuff or you know criticism and, criticism and all that. So he was great and yeah, he was able to reel me back. It didn't happen, but I, he was all staring in case just to yeah. reel me back if I went overboard or something like that. Yeah. So you lose the MXW title to Puck at Heatwave. And then I guess, as you said, you kind of go on a little bit of a downward spiral for a while. Uh, yeah, so obviously I was never like intended and I never was afraid of mm. like making myself win and then people go, oh, he's booking himself to win at that. I mean, I had won at Hardcore Havoc, so it wasn't the case of me being afraid to win at pay-per-views. It just, I guess the storylines I was involved in from, you know, losing to Puck up until I retired at the following heat wave kind of didn't really like I wouldn't have benefited from winning the person that I was facing would have benefited more from winning so like FF I think I fought him at Road to Victory and he won he was in that uh, Legends killer gimmick so I mean if I had won that probably would have killed the gimmick straight away so he should have won that rightfully and the next month I teamed with Drix for uh, against Insomniac Army we lost and I ended up turning heel at the end of that, which was, it was actually was unscripted. It was just on the moment type thing of mm-hmm. just doing it because of the crowd and that, which worked out because uh, following months was, yeah, Lone Survivor. And I was in the gondola and that kind of kick-started me versus Mem. And, and we went into execution and had that match. So... It worked out fine. I think there probably wasn't any... It wasn't intended for me to lose and lose and lose. It kind of just stumbled into that. And I know people are upset or think, you know, why is he making himself lose? But there were just maybe an odd KO match or two. I probably should have won. But for pay-per-views, I think it all went fine for me. It's kind of a weird situation, in my opinion, because, like... I think everyone knows that you weren't making yourself lose and you didn't want to make yourself... And it's not like you didn't want to make yourself win loads. But at mm. the same time, it's it's just this kind of weird in the middle part where, like, no one really noticed that, like, you'd taken loss after loss because people just still cared, like, every single month. Yeah, if, uh, say maybe before XE3 uh, was probably the first time people brought up that I was losing a lot because mm. like around this time no one cared and going into the rock feud and that no one was like focusing on like oh he's lost so many times of that so and i was fortunate enough to still have that uh i guess aura about me or didn't lose that appeal to people because i was losing so i think i was very fortunate enough that people still cared about me whether it's face or heel or winning or losing so i, I mean that just kind of happened yeah and so near the end of 2017, Milky takes a bit of a leave and suddenly you're the only guy now running the company. So did you know that was going to happen or was it a bit of, uh, of a surprise to you? 
to my memory, it was a surprise. I think some I can't remember what happened with Milky or something, but he ended up just overnight or just over a day or two just saying, I need a break and mm. I want out. And obviously we had the, you know, CT at the time, me, Milky, uh, Trix and Maddie, uh, which those two came in around heat wave up until uh, around Milky leaving. Cause I know yeah. they were around that time they were kind of had a bit of conflict between those two. And so I kind of made the decision that with Milky leaving, uh, I might as well just have Trix and Maddie leave as well, since they were uh, feeling it hard to deal with each other, and I would just book solo and run the show solo from that point on it, up until whenever Milky would return. <clears throat> and you pretty successfully managed to do it for a good, I think, five, six months. It was just all you, booking the show and running the matches and everything. Yeah, from just early, end of November, early December up until I think just before or around breakout, I think, which was in around yeah. March. So yeah, it's a good four months, five months. Yeah, just me kind of booking on my own, running the shows. Obviously, I had help with Slash D and that and yeah. arenas and that. But for the most part, yeah, it was, was me, especially during that... Uh, January period where we we ended up uh, ending NXW and Overload uh, took its place for like I think five or six shows but I think towards that end period of February March was kind of feeling the burn a bit of just mm-hmm. running the show especially when two shows uh, Friday and Saturday and kind of over a bit overworking myself and Luckily, Milky did time it right and coming back and helping me. So it was an all right experience just on your own. But I think uh, my booking could... I think I'm a good booker, but I think at times I... One of the negatives I would say about myself when it comes to booking is that I try to satisfy as many people at once and at times that may have made booking suffer. So I mean, I'd probably say that to, I mean, if the whole CT situation gets resolved and with Milky and that leaving, but which mm. hopefully if he does allow himself to, you know, leave and move on and hopefully that who takes over and that, that gets sorted soon, I hope, for his sake at least. Uh, but I think that's probably one of the main negatives with me. I just try to make as many people at once happy and content and booking may have suffered a few times but overall i'm glad i got got that experience of booking at with milky and just booking on my own i mean the booking is it's not an easy thing to do by the slightest um and i especially when you're doing it on your own i know one thing about me when i'm booking is i think especially with epw like there were times where i was just like kind of being a bit wild and insane and just doing things that like we're a bit outside of the box, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just stuff like time travel storylines. You know, like it wouldn't it work <laughs> because it was EPW. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Some stuff would work in other companies compared mm. to others. Yeah. And so, in the 
first few months of 2018, you're feuding with Ruck. And of course, I guess one one match that I really remember of yours from about a year before this time was Final Fight 3, when you main evented with Ruck. Yeah, so that was, yeah, I think that was probably the first proper time me and Ruck got a chance to just fight 1v1, not like any multi-man or anything like that. Uh, I don't think we faced off before. I know we had MPW, but I think that was a three-way or four-way or something like that. So this was, mm. at Final Fight, was the proper chance of me versus Ruck. And that match was, at even, you know, three years removed more. It's probably still on my top five, I would say, matches of all time in terms of what I think is my best matches. Because, like, that was... A perfect match, perfect build, everything. And I really enjoyed looking back on that match. From what I remember, we didn't do star ratings back then. But I think if we did, I'm pretty sure that would have been a five. Just by the the kind of way everyone came out of that match. And how good it was at the time. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't really judge my own work. And I prefer not to. But and yeah, it was definitely a really good match for its time. And obviously, you know, 2018, we got a chance to feud in MXW and we fought at Retribution. And then we didn't have a match at Last Stand. because so obviously with the storyline we were going with, he fought, I think I was like, if you don't win this, I think he was booked against Maddie for the extreme title. Yeah. And I said, if he doesn't win the title, he's fired. And then, Obviously, he lost. I fired him. Milky came back, and then that's uh, me versus Rook at uh, Breakout Terror in Tokyo on March. Yeah. So yeah, that was an I Quit match, and it it wasn't immediately rated five, but then it got re-rated by Milky, and it's five, which I agree with, to be honest. Another just amazing match from the both. Yeah, it was yeah, it was a really good match. I think uh, we kind of just. I can't remember much of it, but I know we went backstage and we kind of had a few, uh, hmm. I don't know, little surprises with Milky appearing and Toad appearing and that. I think that helped raise the enjoyment of the match as well as the stuff we did. and that. But yeah, I mean, that match was amazing as well. So, I mean, Rock's easy to work with. We, I mean, yeah, we know each other for hmm. so long. So it's like we know what to do with each other. So just worked out perfectly for us. And it was I'd say probably my, yeah, probably my favorite feud I had in MXW ever, probably, yeah. I remember from that match, you basically, you do this, like, massive loop around the Tokyo Dome, where you start in the ring, I think you go backstage through the stage, and then you go through backstage, and you come out through the crowd, and which brings you back to the ring for the finish. Yeah, I think it was, like... I think the finish was, I could be getting this wrong, I think it was, I was on the top rope, he had me set up for the tiger bomb to a glass table, I think, and I ended up saying I quit, but then obviously he ended up putting me through it, but yeah, I mean, that match was, we went all around the place, and sometimes matches like that could, you know, hinder them by going all around the arena, but Luckily, I think we utilised that well, and it ended up being a well-remembered match, yeah. Yeah, I definitely remember the glass table being involved. 
Mm. And yeah, what a match. So then you are on the road to Extreme Chaos 3. And I think you were going to face Man at some point, weren't you? Uh, yeah, so after Breakout was the Rumble, and in it I eliminated Man, and that was kind of just the starting point of where we would go up with for me and him. It, yeah, it was supposed to be me versus him at XC, but uh, uh, we had to move the X. I can't remember the original XC date, but we have to move it, move it back. I, I don't know if it was back one week or forward one week because. Mem, who ended up main eventing, he couldn't make it. So we had to move the date. Mm. But unfortunately with that, that meant man couldn't have made it. So we kind of had to postpone that. I think we ended up uh, after locked away. I think uh, we just did a angle where he was him versus Matt. But man was ended up being attacked and I took his place and then kind of used that for the catalyst or starting point, I should say of our feud after XC. So yeah, at XC3, you end up being in the international title ladder match, unfortunately not winning. Mm -hmm. But yeah. still managing to do pretty well, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I mean, it was a good, great ladder match. I really did enjoy it. I know some people were kind of upset, I think, that I was in this multi-man match, but like, I kind of saw it as like, a challenge to like put together mm. or kind of like oversee or manage a really good ladder match because there had been multiple ones before and even after but some people could see them as like a spot fest or like not structured properly so i kind of just decide i'll be put in this match rather than a singles match uh, so i can oversee and kind of help with the structure and make sure it flowed well and which we did i that was a great ladder match, in my opinion. And it was a great way to start Dexy. I guess, yeah, at the time, it's it was a it was a nice moment. But, it, like, of course, looking back, knowing what we know now about BXB, <laughs> it's a weird rewatch. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. When about did yeah. you find out about that? Uh, I think... I think it was after Dexy. I think it was you who was the first one. I think I woke up to a DM and you were kind of saying something about Maddie being uh, Burns and something about IP and that. I think you talked about it on it as well. But yeah, that was you were the first person I heard from mm. about it. And I, was, I wasn't really upset with it. I was fine with it. I think it was just the only part I was upset about was that we just had him win at XE and we could have got it to someone else. But... I mean, we had him lose it to Rich at Hardcore Havoc, and yeah. then we kind of went into that storyline with uh, B-dubs and all that. So I think it was it worked out fine in the end. But yeah, I think it was you was the first person I heard from about yeah, that. Yeah, I, so I remember I found out like a bit, uh, like a week or so after XC, and then I think I, I then sat on that information for quite a while. And it was, and it was kind of weird because it was, I was trying to kind of not give it away, but just kind of like steer things away. Like I think in the HXWCT at the time, there was kind of like a motion for Burns to get pushed a bit. And I was trying to be like, maybe you shouldn't push Burns. <laughs> and then, oh, I agree. yeah, um, I think I ended up telling 
you, Milky, and Matt being like the showrunners on yeah. on the same night, and yeah, yeah, that was that was. I mean, yeah, I mean, I could I understand why they did it. The tag division at the time was okay, and it could. I mean, yeah, it could have been better. So I can understand their reasoning as to why they did it, but I mean, in the end, it was okay. It turned out fine, really, but yeah, at the time it was a bit of a heated topic, I guess you could say. So, into your final feud with Man, after XE3, um, it's you have your first match at Hardcore Havoc, I think? Mm, yeah, uh, it was a last man standing match, yeah, yeah, me and him, yeah. And then Man beat you there. Yeah, and then that we kind of set up as, I think I was like, that wasn't a normal straight on wrestling match. You mm-hmm. didn't beat me fair, and I kind of wanted to fight him, but he was like, no, I already beat you. And then it got to the point where I said I'd put my career on the line. He'd put his uh, opportunity of having any title shots for the rest of the year on the line, and we kind of just went from there at Heat Wave, where it was careers. Career versus title shots at Heatwave to mean him. So yeah, that's your last match. I guess walking into that and kind of, you know, standing on that stage and knowing that it's your last time, but the rest of the crowd not knowing that. What's it like to, I guess, perform, like to do that last match without everyone else knowing? Um, It wasn't, I, I don't... It wasn't anything different from just normally wrestling. I didn't have any special, like, or different feelings compared to other matches. I mean, I knew it was, yeah, my last match. And I think people, mm. I think most people kind of knew that, yeah, I'm probably losing this and ending my career. But going in, uh, it was kind of nervous. I didn't know if I, I think maybe I'd get a bit nervous during it or. something like that but luckily it was perfect perfect match really uh went well went smooth i know it didn't i think it was match six out of eight or something like that i know people were kind of well some people were kind of upset at that that it wasn't like main eventing or something like that uh Mm -hmm. but like i didn't i didn't need the main event spot i didn't feel like i deserved to have to main event heatway even though i was ending my career but, I mean, it was fine. I think it went well, and working with Man was great. kind of wish he was back, but it was great working with him, those two matches. And so that is, I guess, your career from essentially start to finish. Um, a year later, you are inducted into the MXW Hall of Fame. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, so right out, obviously, I retired, and as well as... I don't think it was on the same day. I think the day after I said, look, uh, I can't really continue. Uh, school's coming up. I want to focus that on more. So I gave my ownership to Milky. I did message him saying, and I was thinking about giving it to someone, but I didn't also want to put someone else in the position. I was, when told, gave it to me. Yeah. So I kind of thought I'd give it to Milky. See how Milky go. Milky will see how he goes on, and if he needs someone, he'll make the decision of put, getting a second owner or someone else. Which I mean, he ended, didn't really do. He kind of just went solo as well. 
for the most part. I know we had mem or had a few people a bit here and there, but for the most part, it was just him running the show on his own. And yeah, I mean that was it for me. And then obviously, year later, Hall of Fame. Uh, that was you know perfect way to finish my career. So yeah, um, I mean, there's really kind of not a lot more that we can go to to discuss you know um i guess this year at, at dynasty you come out of nowhere and you appear um you say you're hosting the ultimate interview with a mystery guest as the host mm-hmm. of xc5 yeah so when i uh obviously i've been at a few shows since i retired at heatwave uh, in 2018, I was at a few shows later that year. I think Road to Victory and Execution. Uh, then, doesn't last year I was, I think, at the Rumble, XC, uh, there at Heatwave, and then this year uh, I came back at Horizon for just to watch the Rumble match as I usually do. And I think a few days later I just messaged Bucky saying, "Hey, if you want me to do anything." In any way, on screen, off screen, I'll you can just message me and I'll do it. And I think a week or two later, he said, "Do you want to host XC?" And I just said, "Why not?" Yeah. And then that, uh, yeah, obviously, yeah, Dynasty, I appeared, uh, made the announcement as the host, and that I'll be doing an interview, and kind of went from there. And then, of course, you appeared on Warfare as well to interview Kong. Oh, yeah, that was a perfect, great segment. I really enjoyed that with Kong. Uh, Kong, Kong is he's a great, fantastic wrestler. Uh, I think in terms, I guess you could say in terms of uh, ring IQ, he's probably the best mm. in terms of just me watching him. He like knows exactly what to do, what not to do. Perfect wrestler overall, and work with him on that segment was great it would, turned out well and I was glad I was able to do something with Khan so yeah I guess one thing that's kind of stuck with me throughout like the years since your retirement is that you know you see a lot of guys they kind of they do their retirement speech and then they leave and then you know they'll end up doing a match here or there whereas for you you've never done a match since you retired to man yeah, I know. Obviously, over the past two years, uh, a couple of guys have come back. Like, Maddie's come back. Matt, uh, obviously, in terms of out of retirement, uh, Boston came back. Mem just came back, and I know. I mean, you know, you had Maddie and Mem on. They were mentioned to me about coming back and wrestling. Uh, I, because I know some people will be wondering, would I come back? Uh, I would be. No, I'm not against it, but there's certain things that would need to fall into place if I were to come back. And if I were, I don't know, would it be one match or a run or like two or three months or something like that? I don't know how it would work out. Might be like a month by month thing mm. of just seeing where I'm at in terms of, you know, doing this and in real life and like yeah. what's. Because, you know, the situation, the pandemic and all that, like, when's that going to be solved? So, to answer anyone that's wondering, I'm not against it. 
never say never, but I'm not like clamoring to get back in the ring or desperate. Like if I don't ever have a match again, I'm content with that. But I mean, there's plenty of guys I haven't fought ever. Like, you know, Kong, uh, Miles, Tree, Steve, Omega. Like there's a ton of options there in terms of matches I've never had. And even guys that are still around, like Mem, you, mm. Maddie, JD, Love, like there's tons of options. But um, yeah, in terms of coming back, uh, never say never is all I say. Well, I guess, I mean, you've kind of stolen the words out of my mouth. I was kind of, I was thinking of asking, you know, like, what would it take? Things like that. Um, if you, I guess if you could come back and, you know, you, you know, you go to Milky and Milky says, I will give you your dream match, no strings attached, you can have it. Who are you picking as your opponent? Uh, <laughs> um, in terms of, of the one match, uh, I won't say it here, but there's, there's definitely, like, if I were to come back, there's definitely three guys on that list that I would love to fight or even two out of the three if mm. i came back but um I'd, in terms of who they are i'll uh keep that private in case uh opportunity <laughs> arises you know you never i mean again cliche but never say never in terms of if people want to see me back in the ring as All long right. as things fall into place i'll maybe in the future i don't know it could mm. be next month or six <laughs> months who knows that's the thing with me Wow. So, well, now I'm on the edge of my seat for like the next year or so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully that gets people excited for shows now. <laughs> Never know. What if it's next week on Warfare? It's just, it's just announced on the card. Oh, yeah, it could be, you know. Never know. Just <laughs> random appearance or just random the old versus someone. And like people just, you know, oh, that's my return. Yeah. Could be casual, could be built up. You never know. I guess as. Um... As you've been active lately, you've had a chance to interact with the newer guys through your your run as like a manager or a mentor on Ascension. What's that been like? Uh, that's been great. Yeah, I think I threw it around randomly to Matt about like you know, oh, it'd be cool if I could be you know a manager or something. And you know, luckily he was allowed to run Ascension, and he kind of just gave me that opportunity of being a manager, which I kind of always wanted to be but just you know obviously never got the chance and yeah so I mean that's been fun just segments with like Alakua and ECE and all that especially the past week or two in terms of segments that's been uh, mm. uh, definitely people mentioning them so it's a good opportunity I'm glad to have gotten and I enjoy yeah I think another thing that we've kind of like neglected to mention is your special entrance, which was really one of like one of a kind at the time. Uh yeah. Oh yeah, the punk uh, Ring of Honor team, yeah. and then the you know having the stands and the black whatever you want to call it, black army or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I think that first time was at I think Glory Brown Four. I th yeah, that was mm. the first time, and then I kind of just. I don't know, I just included in another one and then I think people kind of just started to mention it and then at that point I was like, I'll save this 
type of entrance for special matches or special events from that point on. Don't know if I'll use it if I would come back, maybe. I don't know. People would probably want it, but like I don't know if that's, you know, an old thing or something I don't want to touch. I don't know. We mm. maybe I would, but who knows? Well yeah, I mean you surprisingly enough, it's you've had a hell of a career and we've managed to go through it quite quickly. Um, yeah, yeah, just like oh, just an hour, I think. Yeah, just, just over an hour. Bit. Yeah. Okay, that was actually I thought it'd be a bit longer. No, that's impressive. Yeah. Hopefully, people got more of an insight and all that for me talking. I don't know if I rambled on or didn't explain no, no, things not much. At all. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm trying to think of like cool questions to ask now. <laughs> uh, well, I think you there was a question that you mentioned every podcast that i don't think i've oh, gotten a chance to answer i will okay here's the thing right the thing with rich's <laughs> hair is that i actually quite like it now and so i don't want to meme it anymore which is why i kind of ignored it but i just uh, you asked what do you think of rich's hair i think it's perfect for him it works well uh i i think yesterday on warfare it was blue and last week it was red for heatwave i think unless i'm mixing things up i think it was blue yesterday yeah i think was it i can't remember if no he was blue in ngpw and then yeah red for heatwave yeah but yeah so... i really like it well i always liked it but now now it looks really good so <laughs> yeah i think yeah he kind of changed it up for heatwave i think he added more i think it was just on the front and now he's kind of done on the top and sides yeah. now it looks perfect and it works well for him yeah i like it i kind of I was, I was thinking like would it look good on me in real life but, uh, <laughs> oh I think real life oh okay i don't know about that i might have to just leave that one <laughs> I mean, maybe it, it could work i could see yeah you never know i don't know <laughs> i definitely go red <laughs> instead of blue oh okay yeah well yeah i guess that's about it then so is there anything else you'd like to say? Uh, I don't. Yeah, I think we've hit every probably key or important moment of the past five, six years. So nothing else to mention, really. Hopefully, I'll. Uh, I know uh, school's starting up again for people. Uh, I and obviously, I know everyone's school systems are work differently, but I'm starting to go into first year of college end of september so hopefully that doesn't affect my activity on the server and that that's what i hope but you never yeah. know that yes but hopefully i'll still be active in discords and still be able to attend shows when i can awesome well i'll see you around hopefully um you know next week when you make your massive return facing taco in a singles match Mm-hmm. Be on the lookout for that. Hopefully that's <laughs> uh, record attendance at Warfare, I hope. Yeah. So yeah, thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much for sitting down with me, Alt. And I'll see you all next week. Goodbye.